Hey, hey, kids, you're listening to A Couple of Annoyed Grumboys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. Come on, let's get her cheat home, baby. No need to follow rules, we're lazy. You get results from hard work, but why bother when there's a corner to cut? When you sell your home, don't mention the mold. If you're gonna cheat, you gotta go back. That's right, we're the Simpsons Podcast that discusses the beloved animated sitcom The Simpsons, from seasons 11 and beyond and the new episodes when they air. Why do we do it this way? Well, an entity known as We Love Random has trapped us and cursed us to only watch those episodes. And I say we because I'm just one annoyed grunt boy named Craig. With me, as always, is the other annoyed grunt boy, Steve. Hey, Craig. Hello, Steve. I just realized doing the intro when I say uh, the new episodes when they air. Well, this week, we didn't do it when it aired. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we are in the new year. It is 2024. Hey. Steve, can you feel it? Can you feel the future right now? Oh, yeah. I'm uh, imagining flying cars and silver spacesuits and robot butlers. I think you're just watching an old episode of Futurama. Yep, there's Fry and Amy Wong and Leela, Slurm, and the rest. <laughs> well, we're not here to talk about uh, Futurama. We'll talk about uh, the other graining product, which, of course, is... Uh, Disenchantment? No, no, I don't think we're going to be discussing that anytime soon. <laughs> Still haven't watched season four or five. Yeah. <laughs> Again, nothing wrong with the show. No, it's just, a great show. Uh, hey, that's on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know, Steve, I canceled my Netflix a few months ago. Wow. It was the most expensive, and it was the one that I never really watched much on Netflix. Yeah. I think the last thing I watched was Blue Eye Samurai, which was great. That was really but, good. But yeah, you're right. I don't really... Of the streaming services, I'd probably use Peacock, Paramount Plus. Um, <laughs> Disney. Disney Plus, of course, the best one. Uh, I mean, Disney and Hulu. Yeah. You can bundle it for a great deal of this software code. One's great Simpsons at checkout. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the great streamers of Disney Plus, where uh, the Simpsons reside, uh, this past, what, weekend, uh, they had the creative Emmys for 2020. Four, but I think it was the 2023 because of the the strike. They couldn't do the Emmys, right? Mm-hmm. So the creative Emmys were announced, and um, a little they did the uh, outstanding animated program, and the nominees were uh, Rick and Morty, Jenny Tardoski's Primal. It's always hard to say that man's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enter Galactic and uh, Bob's Burgers, and then of course The Simpsons. Steve, you'll be glad to know that uh, The Simpsons has won the Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program. Yay! Good job, The it, Simpsons. It was, uh, the episode they submitted was Treehouse of Horror 33, and if you remember, that was all the way back in season 34. Mm-hmm. Episode 6, production code UABF18. Oh, now I remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Written by Caroline Omini, Ryan Coe, Matt Selman. Now does it ring a bell? Yes, yes it does. Yeah, the first segment, the Puka Duke, which was the uh, parody of the Baba Duke. Mm-hmm. Very you had the wonderful Death Tome, which was a Death Note uh, parody with creepy animation. I mean, it was the I say creepy, but it was the anime base. But like the the character was very creepy. I forget what the the character's name was. You know. The, yeah, but it was beautifully animated, and so much that it made me actually watch Death Note because of mm-hmm. it. And I'm not yeah. a big anime fan, so good on the Simpsons. And then the last segment was Simpsons World, which was the uh, uh, Westworld parody 
And uh, I think there was there was a lot of uh, Simpsons callbacks to that one. Do you remember it started off with the monorail conductor? Mm-hmm. Like you think, wait, we'll go back to the monorail. But it was just because it was Simpsons World. Um, yeah, go back and listen to that episode that we reviewed if you haven't. Uh, we had a great time talking about it because it was great. And I'm so happy it won for an animated series. So you know, how many Emmys is, is this for The Simpsons? Oh, God. It's got to be probably, they probably won at least 30. I mean, no more than 34, because that'd be impossible. Right. But, you know, Steve, I don't think um, they would have won the Emmy if it wasn't for our outstanding review of that uh, season. You know, I think you're right. And I kind of feel like we deserve our own awards and accolades, you know. I think we actually, frankly, belong to be in the Podcast Hall of Fame. But, you know, I don't think that we're going to get there as it is now. So I think mm. we got to, you know, grease the wheels a little bit. Is the Podcast Hall of Fame more important than the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at this point? I would say yes, absolutely. Um, Radio Hall of Fame. <laughs> don't, I don't even want to be in that. Yeah. <laughs> we could still probably make the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm a pretty good shortstop, I think. <laughs> shortstops, they eat the pancakes, right? A short stacks. Oh, okay. Then I'm yeah. not a good shortstop. Are you good at third base? <laughs> mm. I don't think I am. Second base, okay. pretty good. I'm great at first. <laughs> don't I know it. So what you're saying is we should cheat our way into uh, the Podcast Hall of Fame. Yeah, we can say that we have millions of listeners, and we can talk about our great guests like Lady Gaga and Madonna and Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen and uh, Conan O'Brien. Matt Groening was on like every other week. Uh, yeah. Al Jean. We can't not have Al Jean on. He's on all the time. Oh, yeah. He's uh, our good friend. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And like T- Tim Long with his long stories. <laughs> Are we talking about Canada? Along with uh, Joel H. Cohen, who also talks about Canada. And let's not forget uh, Albert Brooks. I mean, he loves doing our podcast. Mm-hmm. He'll come in and he sometimes won't even use his real name. He'll be like A. Brooks or B. Brooks or C. Brooks. Uh, so what we're trying to say is um, all the ballots out there, I think, just erase Mark Maron's name and put our name down. That's right. Instead. Yeah. yeah. And we don't Mark want any Maron. hanging chads. What podcast is that? The Hanging Chad Podcast. Oh, it's just two douchebags just chilling in their patio and just having a good time. There's just some which, hanging chads. Which, honestly, Steve, that's what most podcasts are these days. It's just two dudes just hanging, chilling, yeah. talking about nonsense. And then um, great listeners... Like uh, our listeners listening to the greatness of us. Yeah, we're something different. So what dumb stuff are we going to talk about today? (laughs) Well, um, I guess we could talk about uh, how certain podcasters weren't on the Epstein list. So Mm -hmm. we're vindicated there. That's right. (laughs) But, you know, some of us were not so lucky. We won't bring up a name ever, Steve. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Angela. From the office. Oh. <laughs> it was Angela. My first instinct is to, uh, who's the boss? That's what I hear whenever I hear Jonathan. Jonathan? Angela? Elizabeth What was her name? Why is that the one that I don't remember? Uh, yeah, what was Alyssa Milano's character's name? Becky? Tina? Samantha. Oh, yeah, Samantha. You can't play baseball on prom night. <laughs> well, Steve, our our bit sounds like we want to cheat, which is kind of on brand with this episode this week, isn't it? I guess it is. Yeah. All right, Steve. So let's um let's just get in with this week's episode, okay? All right. Let's uh, stop stop uh, tickling our 
fans' ears with our nonsense words and <laughs> put some sense into it, okay? Sounds good. So we'd like to go back to when this episode aired and check out what uh, what was going on in the pop culture for music and movie. Steve, what was the number one movie in the box office for the week of December 24th? Oh, boy. It was a movie. No denying that. And it had Timothy Chalamet, so it was a movie made in the past five years. Uh, that's right. It was everybody's favorite Candyman, Wonka. Um, the guy who directed those Paddington movies, didn't he do this one as well? I think you're right. And that's a huge disappointment because <laughs> I am uh, I'm struggling to think of a movie more beloved than the Paddington and Paddington 2. They were just great movies. Uh, the Simpsons movie? Everyone loved that. Yeah, except for the Simpsons movie. Find me one negative review on that, Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, when we're beloved, in this, yeah, those Patty's movies are great. Uh, I have to go back and watch those. Yeah. Uh, look, I'll I'll watch Wonka eventually. I'm just, just... But you're right. I'm not a big Chalamet fan, which you know I love the Dune books, mm-hmm. and I love David Lynch's Dune. I think <laughs> that's a great movie. But I think he is a decent Paul Atreides for for the new Dune films. But he's just a he's just he's just a kid, Steve. He's just a little guy. He was 27 years old. <laughs> but while we were, uh, you know, falling into that chocolate fountain and watching too much TV, um, what uh, were we rocking to on the radio? I think that when we last left, it was rocking around the Christmas tree, right? That's right. But it looks like the Queen of Christmas was finally on the list, back to number one, which was, of course, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Now, I don't know if we gave our listeners a Christmas present. Even, or just a gift in general this last year. Aside from our but, great content. Right. But I think our gift will be not to play this song because they're going to be listening to this in the new year in January. You don't want to hear Christmas music now. You have escaped that Mariah Carey tune. So our Christmas present to you, our our gift, our New Year's gift, is we will not play that song. Very You're welcome. And mostly that we don't have to deal with copyrights and deans <laughs> on, on YouTube or Spotify. So that's that's another reason why we won't play it. Yeah. But mostly for you guys. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, Steve, let's actually get into the episode this week. Of course, it's called Do the Wrong Thing, in which Homer and Bart become kings of the blue-collar sports circuit, but Marge suspects something dishonest at the core of the father-son bond. And in the B story, Lisa tries to get into USC. I mean, <laughs> University of Springfield camp. That's right. Okay. All right, Steve, let's uh, take a little break, come back, and discuss the episode. Sounds great. We'll be right back. Record that spare as a strike. Strap your Fitbit to your back. Ain't nothing like cheating to get the old heart beating. Cheat along, little dog. Woo! And we're back. Today we're talking about Do the Wrong Thing. It's the 10th episode of the 35th season. Originally aired December 24th, 2023. It's episode 760 in the show's run. The Nerd Code is 35ABF01, written by Joel H. Cohen, directed by Rob Oliver, and your showrunners are Al Jean, Matt Selman, and Rob Lezebnik. Alrighty, Joel H. Cohen, quite the prolific Simpsons author. He's written uh, 37 episodes, and this is the 13th that we've reviewed. He, in his own right, is quite accomplished, writing Brawl in the Family, Homer's Paternity Coot, Homer and Marge turn a couple play, Revenge is a Dish Best Served Three Times, just to name a few. He also did Mona Lisa, Wedding for Disaster, a couple of Treehouse of Horrors. One of the more accomplished writers in the Simpsons Pantheon. 
his list of episodes is very long. I mean, not Tim long, long, but pretty long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've reviewed uh, 12 of his episodes, right? Yeah. We've still got a few more to go. Indeed. So the first one we've reviewed was Brawlin' Family, our 21st episode. Wow, yeah. That's when our podcast can start drinking. Exactly. They never stopped. <laughs> yeah. We're at, what, 258? Never stop. Won't stop. Let me just try to think of some of these ones that we've gone through. Uh, my brain is fried, Steve. I, let me see here. Uh, uh, we have Pretty Whittle Liar from season 33 and The Ways We Were. That was from the both from season 33. So those are probably more in my, my mind, but I'm trying to think <laughs> of the ones that... Uh, I we, do remember He Loves to Fly and He Does. That's a great one um, with Stephen Colbert and they fly to Chicago. I, I don't, I mean, I know we probably liked it, but I still remember that episode. You know what's weird? What's that? Is I'll be watching uh, like FX, right? And it just has, you know, like the 12 hours of Simpsons block. And there'll be like an episode on, I'm like, I literally just watched this one, so I'm going to skip it. It'd be like when I was watching Dial N for Nerder. I'm like, I just watched this mm-hmm. episode. And that was like our first episode <laughs> that we recorded. And I remember that one. Or like uh, Diggs Will Come On. That was like in our early episodes. And I'm like, I just watched this one. But it's been like five years since I've seen those episodes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so when I'm looking at this list, like like if we actually accomplished our mission, which was review every episode from 11 to current, we probably could go back and watch all those episodes again. And we'd have a totally different like review. I'd be like... No, uh, Simpsons Safari. This is an amazing episode. Why did we hate it? So you're saying that it's not bad enough that we still have, like, I don't know, like 400 more episodes to watch. You're proposing that we watch them a second time. N- uh, no, no, not at all. More okay, like I'd good. propose to, like, redo the first 256. And those episodes weren't good. Yeah, that's they, that's probably good. I mean, like, last week we really found our stride. And I think we can keep that, oh, yeah, that so. Was was last week we did that two-parter? Oh, yeah. Uh, we'd have to do those the two-part again. I wouldn't, yeah. Damn it. So we'd have to do like 257 episodes. Uh, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> well. We'll wait until, uh, no, no. I, if anything, I think we would just redo like the first like dozen episodes, maybe. But, uh, yeah, yeah. The ones where we sucked a lot more than we suck now. Yeah, we're incrementally sucking less. So in like 15 years, we're going to be an okay podcast. We just need to get the Malcolm Gladwell 15, is it 15,000 hours or 15 hours? I think it's just 15, right? Yeah, it's just 15 hours. Okay. So I could I could just go on YouTube and learn b- brain surgery in 15 hours. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. No problem. Not rocket science. <laughs> no, it's brain surgery. Rocket science seems a little bit more difficult. I mean, the rocket does most of the work anyway, so it's not that hard. Yeah. Here's how easy it is. I got like a handsaw, right? A circular saw. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, okay, for instance, I would, here's how I perform brain surgery. I'd give you like a couple shots of whiskey just to numb the pain. And then sure. I'd like make you like hold on to, or like bite down on like a sock. And then like, uh, you're a little drunk, you bite down. You don't want to like clench your jaw or anything. And then I would just like take a Sharpie, circle around your head, open your brain or your skull and then like oh there's a tumor okay easy enough i just cut open that and just like take some scissors cut it out and then i got a sewing kit sew your brain back up and then fucking gorilla glue your skull back together you're good 
Now it's like coming up with like equations for like rocket fuel and trying to break the Earth's atmosphere and orbiting and all that. You know, that's tough. That's tough. That's true. Plus, there's no aliens in my brain. <laughs> what if I did open it and it's like that little guy from Men in Black is just chilling <laughs> out in your brain? Or worse, it's uh, it's Eddie Murphy. What was that movie oh. where? Wasn't there a movie where there was a uh, like alien or like he was like a robot, right? A robot body, Eddie Murphy, or was that? I think because there was another one with Bill Murray too, right? Where it was a he flu. was controlled was by like, nature. Are you thinking but about there was Moses Jones? Okay, so that was the one with Bill Murray. Yeah, and Chris Rock, I think. But it was like animated. It was a mix because but, I think that yeah, Bill, Bill Murray was, was live action. action. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, wasn't there an Eddie Murphy movie with the same thing, but it was aliens controlling his body, like his body was like a spaceship, or like landship. I think so. <laughs> we should make a movie where it's an animated character, but there's humans inside of it. <laughs> Honestly, that would save money, because like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, was it Shrek? What? Yeah, he was Donkey. Pluto Nash. No, that's the, alien, or the astronaut movie. Yeah. I swear there was one that was... I know what you're talking about, too. Hmm. Bowfinger, Michael Jackson's short films, uh, Candy Cane Lane. <laughs> oh, you see, we don't talk about Christmas. It's this past Christmas time. We don't talk about it. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna predict the movie was called. Uh, it was Meet Dave. That's what it's called. Meet Dave. Oh yeah. Here, here's the synopsis. Uh, a crew of miniature aliens operate a spaceship that has a human form while trying to save their planet. The aliens encounter a new problem as their ship becomes smitten with an Earth woman. <sighs> you have Eddie Murphy, Gabriel Union, Ed Helms, Mike O'Malley, Judah Freelander, <laughs> Elizabeth Banks, <laughs> uh, Scott Kahn, Kevin Hart, and Mark Blucas. Wow. Yeah. All right. So now we know if we ever do Patreon, Steve, <laughs> we will not talk about me, Dave. Could be a cinematic masterpiece, and we just don't know it. What was Eddie Murphy's last good movie? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, most recent, I thought um, Dolomite is My Name was pretty good. Yeah, I never saw Coming to America. It was fine, but it just, you know, it's not as good as the first movie, but it was still, it was fine. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, well, you know Beverly Hills Cop uh, 14 is coming out this summer, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm kind of excited for that one, honestly. I know the third one's <laughs> crap. I mean, the sequels aren't that good. Uh, the third movie does, have, of course, have George Lucas in it, which, you know, mm-hmm. great actor, George Lucas. <laughs> the best. I mean, so, like, before Dolomite, and then let's not forget, like, the Shrek, the Shrek movies are fine. They're kids' movies, totally acceptable. But maybe, like, Dreamgirls, 2006, yeah. his last, like, yeah, because after that, just doing some Shrek, Tower Heist, that probably wasn't good. Why are we talking about Eddie Murphy, by the way? Where did this come from? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> let's You're just say about. That- Robots and stuff. Oh, well, let's just say that uh, Joel H. Cohen's favorite uh, comedian is uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look it up, kids. We're just going to say it is. So let, let's just go on to uh, what we're supposed to talk about, of course, is The Simpsons. Uh, so our episode begins with no gags, but a very special fish pun filled report from Channel 6's own Kent Brockman. And Marge is excited by the news, but Homer is a little nervous. In local news, champion angler Abe Simpson is retiring. Yes, it's official. After reeling in his 20th fishing derby win, he's finally bowing trout. Later, stay tuned for a sharking story about a local sturgeon with a cod complex who kills patients 
just for the hell of it. Abe, why retire now? Well, I want to go out on my 20-year win streak and pass along my only earthly talent to my son. Tomorrow, he's going to take over the Simpson family fishing dominance. To all you fish out there watching, he's a-coming for you. Whoa, it's sexy when you're on the local news for something not horrible. Those fish should be so scared. Oh, those fish shouldn't be scared at all. I never win anything. Why does my dad think I'll win this fishing contest? Maybe because all you have to do is sit still and hold a stick. That's two things. Steve's really good at uh, sitting still and holding stick. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, that's fun to, to write the uh, whole uh, fish pun. I, I'm a fan of puns. Me too. I know that a lot of people are like, hate them and they think, oh, it's so bad. But I, I really like them. And I think that, you know, it's a chance to do both clever jokes and bad jokes at the same time. And so I, I respect that as an opener. It's always fun to start a Simpsons episode off with Kent. Yeah. Now, I do hate, though, uh, one thing I do hate is fishing. <laughs> I thought you say, like, establishing this new canon that's never existed about Abe being this, like, champion fisherman. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really weird, too, but... But look, we know that Homer likes to go fishing. He was trying to get out of uh, that couples therapy, you know, trying to get the... What was that big fish's name? Oh, yeah. Old Gus, remember. was that it? Something like that? I think it was Old Gus. Something, yeah. But also, you know, when they were going to join the cult, he was like, fishing leader. <laughs> so, yeah, I could see him being, you know, fisherman. That's like the whole, you know, when, when The Simpsons was created, it was that kind of um, archetype middle American family, you know, 2.5 kids, nuclear family. <laughs> dad dad goes out, you know, goes, does the fishing, barbecuing. You know, the wilderness manly man type thing. A quote unquote, of course. Right. But uh, Steve, you're not a fan of fishing, I hear. No, uh, it's not for me. I used to have to fish a lot when I was a kid. My dad would take me. And uh, I just, it's uh, boring and smelly and not, I, I like nature just fine, but uh, fishing is uh, not a hobby that I enjoy. What about fishing for compliments? I mean, uh, well, my hair does look uh, really, to look really good today, so I'll take it. See if you're bald. No, oh, I'm even bad at fishing for compliments. <laughs> yeah, I went fishing as like a little kid, but then I mm -hmm. think there's um, an age where you have to start getting a fishing license, and so like once I reached that age, I want to say it's probably 13. You have to have mm -hmm. a fishing license, and I was like, I don't want a license, and mm -hmm. I never did. Nice. For anything. I don't, I don't need a license for anything. Nah, you don't need it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just, yeah, and just like a catch and release, like little small fish. That, yeah, but yeah, I don't know if it's for me anymore. Or it's something I would want to do. Yeah. It's just a way to drink beer, right? You don't have to be in a boat to drink beer. That's what's cool about beer. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you can just like host a podcast and drink beer. <laughs> no, but why am I on this boat hosting a podcast? I don't know. You just love the sea. <laughs> All right. Well, Steve, meanwhile, at uh, Springfield Elementary, the language lab is still under horned control. <laughs> Inside, Principal Skinner is gluing chalk sticks back together with chalk glue. And then Lisa barges in and informs me that she's applying to the most selective summer camp in the country, one that even rejects Silicon Valley Adderall kids. She's hoping to get a letter of recommendation 
from uh, Principal Skinner, and he's happy to oblige, as he usually just writes letters to the judge requesting leniency. (laughs) (laughs) So if Lisa is accepted to the University of Springfield camp, uh, she'll be fast-tracked to get into the Amherst Middle School workshop, which is a feeder to the USC Santa Cruz Marine Biology Retreat, which is a sure ticket to the Oberlin Philosophy Day Camp with sleepover option. Well, Skinner pulls out his uh, EDU-95 software bundle on a a five and a quarter inch floppy disk, which comes with (laughs) a recommendation template. So as the software slowly boots up, Lisa crawls all over the principal, reminding him of her accomplishments, such as uh, being the classroom hamster monitor. Although, if I remember correctly, Steve, didn't she fail at being the classroom hamster monitor that uh, one episode where she saves the raccoon's life and then she's all about like saving the animals but neglects that hamster. Oh yeah, Lisa the veg- the veterinarian. Yes, yeah, so there you go. I see I remember some episodes. Yeah. And then the art club parliamentarian and she <laughs> chaired for the fundraiser to get the lunch ladies ethical air nets. Uh Seber <laughs> takes in all this info, just types in Lisa has many interests. He then hits print, and a letter begins to print on an old dot matrix printer and bursts into flames, which causes the sprinklers to go off and uh, Willie coming in and uh, putting out the fire. Uh, I feel like uh, when he put those five and a quarter inch floppy disks in, uh, the the graphics were a little too nice on that monitor. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Kids will never know the pleasures of four and a quarter inches. (laughs) Floppy, though. (laughs) Floppy. I, I remember three and a half inches. <laughs> yeah, I had a zip disk. <laughs> it could hold. How much did the zip disk hold? Like five hundred megabytes. I think so. Yeah. Like I think you could get like a full like MP3 like full album on a zip disk, like thirteen tracks. I think you're right. Yeah. MP3s. Wow. I just remember like having twenty five floppy disks of like a game, like an old dot matrix <laughs> game. Like, all right, we gotta. Install this, you know, one of 25, and then all of a sudden the computer crashes at, like, disk 17. You're like, fuck, because you got to start <laughs> all over again, and it takes hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then by the time the game's fully loaded, you have to go to bed. You know, it's like, it's all right, day. right. I to play this uh, Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to get this guy laid now? <laughs> if I look so really hard funny. enough, <laughs> I can see pixelated boobs. Yeah. Ah, uh, Leisure Suit. Uh, are they, are they still awful. making those games? Um, I think there was like a reboot in like the early 2020s, but I don't know what happened <laughs> like, with it. After the whole like Me Too movement? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Leisure Suit Larry's probably all woke now. <laughs> I like consent. <laughs> oh, fun times uh, with those old computers. But uh, <laughs> Steve, we're going to go to the uh, Springfield Fresh and Derby, and there are a number of vendors and sponsors such as... Sprawl Mart. Duff Beer. The fish are drinking. Why aren't you? <laughs> the Trucker Hat Sports Network, or THSN. DraftPigs.com. Blue Bronco Energy Drink. Cluck Stop Chicken. And Trudge Right Work Boots. After promoting Duff Camo, the deer will never see your drunk, a uh, sportscaster welcomes the champion emeritus Abe Simpson to throw out the ceremonial first cast of the Fishing Derby. Abe throws his line into the water and instantly catches a fish. As the crowd cheers, Homer asks why he thinks that he should take his place, as Homer's never won anything. 
Abe explains that he doesn't believe in Homer. He believes in the Simpsons fishing gene, which they've talked about many times. Grandpa is proud to be able to hand down something other than chronic hand hate. And then he flips off uh, a mother and a child with both hands and the kid begins to cry. I really want them to release the uncensored version of that uh, flipping off. <laughs> hey, is that where, you know, you just made the uh, sarcastic comment about the uh, Simpsons fishing gene, right? Mm-hmm. But the uh, chronic hand hate, we saw Homer displaying that in the Simpsons movie. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so that is hereditary as well. Yeah. <laughs> so is it flipping off or flicking off? I believe it's flipping off. But you've heard the other term like flicking off, right? I, I think that's a term for female masturbation. <laughs> oh, oh, it is? I mean, I've heard as far as I know. Finger, but... oh, flicking the finger. Flicking the finger. I've, I've heard that. Really? I, I don't think I've ever had, but I like it. It's, ah. it's interesting. All right. Well, hey, let us know if you've ever said flick your finger or giving like finger flicking. Like, uh, let us know at uh, 137s.gmail.com. All right. So it's three hours into the nail biting competition, which means the butt fatigue is persistent among the recumbent warriors. So as the fisher folks stretch and scratch their asses, Homer waits on his boat for a bite. The rest of the family watches, bored, and Bart says that if he wants to, to see Homer sit and do nothing, he'd visit him at work. Lisa, meanwhile, is concerned that while she's here getting a tan line from her pearl necklace, other summer camp applicants are volunteering and accomplishing stuff. So Marge is confident that Lisa will be accepted, but Lisa's looking for um, an extracurricular activity such as picking up litter, rescuing driftwood, and ensuring that beavers aren't chewing on washed-up mannequin arms. So as Lisa tries to pull a mannequin arm from the large semi-aquatic rodent, Marge groans with empathy. Homer asks them to murmur uh, a bit quieter as he's trying to fish. He then casts his line, hooking his uh, upper lip in the process. He then tries to reel it in, but that only seems to make matters worse. He reels in some more that tightens the line. Uh, so he uh, tugs on the hook, and people begin to, begin to laugh at him. And then he flails and falls in the water. And as I said before, I used to go fishing with my dad a lot. And one of the things that he'd always talk about a lot is about getting the hook caught in your body and how much it hurts. Because evidently it happened to him as a kid. But it was like some sort of barbed hook that like grew once you like impaled. And so like I had this like frightening fear of fish hooks. Because not only were they full of worm guts and and bait, they also hurt you a lot. And I don't know, I just, like, why are we doing this? There's fish at stores. Is this why you were, like, afraid of Aquaman in the 90s? Because remember the 90s comic Aquaman? He had a he had a hook for a hand? Yeah, yeah, that's why. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think I ever, if I try to remember, like, my fishing days, but I don't remember getting skinned, but I remember, like, catching clothes, like, really going back and like oh my shirt and then be like freaking out like don't, 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 don't touch me <laughs> yeah yeah and then of course they're like oh the fish don't feel the pain when they get hooked of course they feel the pain no oh, yeah fish are also very sensitive like if you say to a fish that they're ugly they'll be sad about it don't don't call a fish ugly yeah i don't even think they appreciate being called wide mouth no and don't compare them to a vagoda's character you get offended by that yeah all right well see the laughter and mocking continue but once back on the boat and wrapped in fishing line. Homer notices something. He's frightened at first, but then sees that he's accidentally caught a fish. I thought this whole bit of run was just classic animated 
foolery. And the <laughs> fact that Homer is like, what the hell is that? <laughs> to me, it was kind of a classic joke. I liked it. Um, so, you know, he probably holds up the fish and Bart and Marge cheer on. At the Fishway Inn, Carl throws his catch on the scale, showing that it is one to beat at 7.2 pounds. The sportscaster then cuts to a commercial, which Barney and Moe watch at Moe's Tavern. Will a heavier fish arise? We'll find out right after this. When you're gutting your catch, are you sick and tired of being stared at by cold, accusing fish eyes? You need the happy hood. That's right, fish. You love it. And don't forget to play the Happy Hood mobile game. Homer Simpson's fish comes in at 10.4 pounds. We have a winner. I've never won anything before. What do I do? Uh. Mm. Oh, you my gorgeous boy. I never loved you more. Thanks, Dad. I get to cook my husband's prize-winning fish. The whole house is gonna stink like victory. The happy hood is what uh, MAGA people wear. Steve <laughs> uh, punch up my joke. I- I'm-, I'm trying to refer the- to them as uh, Klansmen. Right. Um, they... Yeah, no, that just makes sense. I mean, I don't think he's punching up. Oh, yeah. I think that... <laughs> yeah, no. I'm... It seems like something they'd wear. Also, um, it's what uh, Moyles use, too, when they're <laughs> cutting off foreskin, because they don't like that frowning at them, either. The Happy Hood looks like the face remains of the, the the lobster that Homer gets. Like, look how cute uh, the pinchy. lobster is. It has that same, like, pinchy, yeah. That's yeah. what that face reminds me of. <laughs> I also really like the animation of Homer when he's trying to put the metal on Homer, um, and he doesn't know what to do, so he just kind of puts it all over his body. Really, really good animation. Yeah, he's never received a medal, so how would he know where that's supposed to go? <laughs> he's never seen Star Wars, you know, Luke and <laughs> Han got medals. Um, mm-hmm. So when you went fishing with your dad, were you guys catch and release, or you know, did you weigh them out, take them back, and then did your mom cook them up? Was that- uh, yeah, we'd, yeah, we'd always catch sunfish, which are like little, kind of smaller fish, but uh, we'd do a fish fry, um, and so we'd... F- Bust out the deep fryer and breaking up and cook them all up. And I liked what I liked about it is is that we'd have French fries with them because we had the deep fryer out. <laughs> so we get fried French fries, which I love. But then yeah, we also had to have fish, which was fine. Did you ever have to gut the fish, like uh, chop the heads off and gut them? I I think I was supposed to, but I just never bothered to learn. And my mom was really good at it, so hmm. she was the uh, family butcher. <laughs> Did she uh, also perform your circumcision? Yeah. It's a little off the top, Mom. Yeah, she put a little bowl over my penis. And <laughs> I mean, a big bowl over my penis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she did this when you were 13. That's, that's what happens, right? You, you turn 13 and get circumcised? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Steve, Homer flays open his catch, which he's wearing the happy hood because they put it on after a clip. It's very funny. They should do that, you know, how, like, we do butcher cattle or livestock, you know, you just put that nail gun, like, right to their head. Mm-hmm. They should have the happy hood for, for cattle, like, but make it, like, uh, you know, put a bag, <laughs> but then put it on something that you abhor, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it'd be, like, a swastika or something, like, like, oh, I hate that symbol. Then you just shoot the swastika, but really just killing a cow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is smart. I like it, All right, yeah. Steve, shark, t- shark tank pitch. You're like, 
Do you ever want to kill something but feel bad about doing it, but want to feel good about doing it? Well, we got the happy hood. They should have the podcast tank where people come in and pitch their podcast ideas to Mark Merritt and, uh, and the rest. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's on, who's on the podcast? Podcast. Pod, who's on the podcast panel? Like, it's, it's what, like five sharks, right? So, so five, five people. Is it five? Yeah. Like, yeah. Lori, Barbara, Robert, Mr. Wonderful, and Mark Cuban. And then Damon. But sometimes they, they switch off, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's four or five. So I think it's five. I think it's five. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so who, who are your podcast, uh, in your opinion? You got to have Mark Marin. You just got to have him. Yeah. You got to have the inventor of podcast, Sarah Koenig from Serial. I thought it was Conan O'Brien. I mean, him too. <laughs> I would say I, I, I agree with the Mark Marin. What about uh, Jimmy Pardo? Hasn't he been doing it for? He has been, yeah. Wait, is he? Does he wait? Because he does it with Sarah, right? I don't listen to Pardo. Or. <laughs> That's funny. No, um, that's just a coincidence with uh, Sarah Koenig. Uh, he's just married to uh, Walter Koenig's daughter. Yeah. Chekhov. Chekhov. Yeah, no relation. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, you uh, got to put Joe Rogan on there. He would be the, the Mark Cuban of that show. Or would he be Mr. Wonderful? <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, you know, you can't... I would say Chris Hardwick, but he doesn't do this podcast anymore. So he's kind of like not in the... Zeitgeist, really, right? Yeah, maybe you can have Taylor Tomlinson. I thought you were going to say Taylor Swift. Well, I just figured that since Taylor Tomlinson is taking his other job of hosting at midnight, oh, yeah. maybe she can be a podcast star, too. But uh, man, if Taylor Swift in. had a podcast? What if her podcast was just uh, reviewing our podcast? Oh, boy. That'd be some bad blood there. <laughs> we have a, a bad reputation, Steve. Yeah. She gives us a 13 out of 1989. All right, Steve, we're getting uh, really off track here. So, Steve, let's just go back to The Simpsons. Hey, we're, we're in the middle of it uh, and asking those questions, right? Uh, so Homer flays his catch and uh, marbles fall, fall out. And Homer just, like, wonders for this moment. Like, wait, is this where marbles come? Like, legit, like, really good animation and, like, voice mm-hmm. acting where Homer, like, for a second thinks, wait, is this where marbles actually come from? Because if you think about it, where do they come from? No one knows. Yeah, nobody knows. Aren't they just like tumbled glass? That's all they are. I think I really so, don't yeah. know. Okay. Uh so he's like, is this like you know pearls from lobsters? <laughs> Which again, <laughs> not accurate. Pearls from lobsters sounds like a like a comic book or a comic strip in the newspaper. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it's because there's pearls before swine, right? That's why. Okay. Right. 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 Um. So Bart Corley asks, uh, "How is a slingshot marbles got inside Homer's fish?" And Homer realizes what's going on and begins to question Bart. So Bart states that he couldn't help it, as watching Homer lose was so boring. Homer didn't win. Bart cheated. So Homer is stepping close to Bart with his hands stretched out, you know, ready to give us all what we want to see Homer strangle his boy for one more time, at least. Mm-hmm. Because as we know, he still is going to keep strangling his kid. But then he gives him this giant hug, calling him a gorgeous boy, just like uh, Abe called him, saying that uh, he's never let no. him more. Meanwhile, the fire department visited Springfield Elementary as the fire drill was canceled due to an actual fire. Inside, Milhouse offers some rousing historical poetry. The Saga of the Oregon Trail, a poem by Milhouse Van Houten. We started our journey to the Pacific because we heard that it was terrific. I'm here to take Bart Simpson to his doctor's appointment. I have a doctor's appointment? Oh, yeah, a bunch of them. You're really sick. 
We made our first camp when we were all ready. We made our first dinner, meatballs and spaghetti. Uh, this isn't the way to the doctor. <laughs> There's no doctor. So I'm not sick. Oh, everybody's got something. You and me are going cheating. Huh? When your fish marbles won me that contest, it was the greatest thrill I ever had as a father. And I want to feel that rush again. That's what Nancy Young says, Steve. And who is Nancy Young? You don't know Getty Lee of Rush's wife's name? They've been married since 1976. Nancy Young. Oh, yeah, that Nancy Young. You know, Tom Sawyer was originally called Nancy Young, but the rest of the group was like, eh, can we just change it to not your wife's name? <laughs> and he's like, Sawyer, boot that. And then uh, Neil Peart was like, because he's a drummer. Exactly. R.I.P. Neil Peart. <laughs> hey, Steve, if one thing on the show we are not is funny, does that make sense? I think so, yeah. But, but one thing that we are on this podcast is educational, okay? That's true. Right. So I'm going to have to debunk some of uh, Millhouse's uh, poetry there. Look, we're from the Pacific Northwest, and <laughs> every year since preschool to grade 12, <laughs> we were taught Lewis and Clark, okay? It's the only history we were, we were ever taught. <laughs> yeah. Like, Steve and I just found out about World War One, Two, and the rest last week. We only knew about mm -hmm. Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Uh, so, they did not have spaghetti and meatballs on their first uh, dinner, Steve. I think I know what happened. Um, yeah. No, I, I actually wanted to learn, like, what what were they eating? So, I thought this would be fun to a little educational quarter for, for our fans out there. Uh, oh, nice. So, obviously, you know, they're going on a, a mini-year trek through through the, the Americas, the or, you know, indigenous America, whatever you would call it at this time. Um, not our land is what I call it. <laughs> uh, so so they uh, started off, their Neil boat was stocked with nearly seven tons of dry goods. So you got your flour, salt, pork, coffee, some meal, corn, sugar, beans, and lard. And about 93 pounds of portable soup. Um, it was like a concoction that was boiled until gelatinous and then left to dry until hard. So imagine like, you know, if like you're making like stock after like you had like a roasted bird and like, you're, I'm mm -hmm. going to save my bones and the carcass and make a stock. And then, you know, you've had good stock if there's a lot, if, if when you freeze, when it's chilled, it's gelatinous. That's a good sign because that's all that fat, that's that flavor. So imagine like you're at that stage, but now they dry it. So it's almost like, I mean, really it's like a bouillon cube in a way, right? So then, yeah, all right, put this in water. There you go. There's your soup. That was like their last resort. They weren't fans of that soup, but it did save them from starvation on a few more on some occasions. But most of the time, they just did a lot of hunting, like you would do in the Oregon Trail video game. Yeah. And they ate a ton of meat. And at that time, there was plenty of meat. So just think about how much this this these groups of people, these expeditioners, for a whole day required four deer or an elk and a deer or one buffalo for one day. So four deer or an elk and one deer. And a that was one day. <laughs> and so when it was plentiful, each man consumed up to nine pounds of meat in one day. Jesus. Now, of course, you're not having, you know, sides. You're not having a pasta right. dish. You're not having steamed broccoli. You're not having a baked potato. Uh, so just you're eating nine pounds of meat a day. Could you imagine their shits? Oh, my God. 
So that I mean, they were literally on the keto diet. They were Atkins all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, all that protein, you know, gave them all that strength and energy. So obviously, to carry the canoes and heavy loads when they're going across land, they did eat a lot of fish. They loved like like candlefish was 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 a very popular fish. And according to Lewis in his diaries, Lewis said that it was the best fish he ever had. Wow. Um, so yeah, elk, all that good stuff. I mean, if you're into that, <laughs> I'm not really into elk, but uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. So just uh, just a lot of meats. So spaghetti was not on the diet. In fact, but I, I think, think I know what happened. Was... What's that? I think that uh, Milhouse was given two spaghetti meals in one day, and so he had spaghetti on the brain. And if they would have gotten their lunch menus in advance, this wouldn't have happened. And this is how we do it on this podcast. I will inform you. One of us will inform you with something interesting. And then the other will bring it back to The Simpsons with the joke. And so uh, here we go. Uh, there we go. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so Homer and Bart arrive at Springfield Rock Skipping Championship, ready to cheat and win. And Bart wonders how exactly they'll cheat at rock skipping. And But Homer explains that making a plan to cheat felt dishonest. <laughs> so as Gil, Shauna, and others get ready to skip rocks, we see some sponsors of the event, such as Gordy's Rock Throwing Gloves, 10,000 Riders Can't Be Wrong, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson's The Rock Rocks. <laughs> um, one of many sponsorships. Uh, so back at home, Marge is vacuuming the living room with care. Once that is done, she adds a tiny vacuum attachment and begins to vacuum the carpet of a dollhouse bedroom. Uh, and I love that little addition in this whole scene. Uh, Lisa walks in with a large envelope. Marge is excited that it's a summer camp admission letter and that it's good news. Lisa smugly informs her mother that it's from a safety camp, and of course she got in, but Florida State, it's a total party camp. So Lisa complains that she hasn't heard from her preferred camp, saying that Jane got responses from all her camps, even her reaches. So she goes on to say that Janie's essay was all about her grandmother's immigrant story coming from Ottawa, which barely <laughs> makes an immigrant. It's very funny. As Lisa's saying this, she's pacing back and forth, leaving footprints on Marge's freshly vacuumed carpet. And this is driving Marge mad. Like, you see it in her face. She's not going to yell at Lisa, but <laughs> this is uh, really ticking her off. And again, this this animated scene was just very hilarious to me. Now, a question. Are her shoes dirty or is it like, you know, how like when you freshly carpet and like you got all the lines and patterns you want, like nicely, is it just her footprints are indenting this perfect carpet i think that's what it is feet dirty okay because marge is still wearing heels and she's not leaving prints that's true but i feel like marge knows how to walk on a carpet without leaving a mark because she's has years of house cleaning experience maybe her shoes are like the like bowling shoes on the bottom like they're just like uh slick pads (laughs) so it's not leaving any marks (laughs) high heel bowling shoes oh classy and dangerous (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah that whose dollhouse is that is that uh is that maggie's or bart's uh i think it's abe's what if it's like Millhouse's? like he left it over there <laughs> he's like all right i just got my new dollhouse you want to see it <laughs> i'm not putting dollhouses down but i kind of was like jealous of like that being like for girls like mm-hmm. like can't there be like a boy's dollhouse like we wanted like command centers for our toys. Like we wanted the, the turtle layer sewer, but like, why can't right. we just have like a house where like our GI Joes can like, you know, cook some eggs, go upstairs, take a nap, go to the bathroom, take a shower, you know, mm-hmm. 
Why couldn't why I mean, our GI Joes have the amenities? Roadblock was the official cook of the GI Joes, aside from being a commando and, you know, probably being a little racist because everything he said rhymed. But he was a good, a good cook and he didn't have any facilities to cook with. So if we had a GI Joe dollhouse, we could have definitely had a place for him to, like, cook up some food. So, yeah, I agree that it's sexist that uh, dollhouses were only for girls. Yeah. Why don't they make a movie for us? You know, for yeah. our toys. <laughs> like, the girls got the Barbie movie. When do we get a G.I. Joe movie? <laughs> I know, something for the boys, like Star Wars, or <laughs> the Ninja Turtles, or Rambo, yeah. or He-Man. Now I want them to make a G.I. Joe movie in the same vein as the Barbie movie. Oh my god, so do I. That's great. But still have, like, that should be the sequel. Have, you know, uh, uh, Greta Gerwig and Noah... Um, <laughs> Noah, her husband, <laughs> right? The, was his last name? I want to say it was Blumpkin, but that's not, that's not his name, right? Uh, Bombeck. Bombeck, not Noah Blumpkin. Okay. <laughs> hey, I, I know the female's name. I just don't know the, the guy's name. Sorry, guys. Um, wow. Yeah, G.I. Joe is just, but cast the same characters, like Ryan Gosling's Joe, and then like uh, Scarlet is uh, Margot Robbie. <laughs> but I guess that's the kind of the point part of it was like, all the ladies were named Bart. Well, there was different names, but uh, never mind, Steve. Let's just talk about <laughs> The Simpsons. All right. Well, at Moe's, Party and Moe watch sports on TV. There's an ad for the Live Pickleball Tournament in Riyadh, where it's 110 degrees in the desert. The players, the ref, and a camel all pass out from the heat. Next on the Trucker Hat Sports Network is Competitive Rock Skipping, sponsored by KBBL Talk Radio, where they skip rock every day. And Krusty Burger. Like rocks, you'll love our burgers. Mo comments that they are really scraping the bottom of the barrel for new sports content. And Barney adds that barrel scraping is up next before donning his Seattle Stave Shapers cap, which is a great hat. Uh, let's hear from legendary sportscaster Dan Patrick for the latest. Here we have last year's champion, Cletus Spuckler, taking the shore. Home viewers will notice that's not the famous Nike swoosh on his shoes, but rather leeches on his bare feet. Here comes the skip. Twenty-two skips. That's a throw worthy of the late great Doink Anderson. Interesting fact: he left his widow nothing. Next up, Homer Simpson, a first timer, but using the same equipment as these pros. A flat rock he found on the ground. Forty-six skips. This almost makes my hitchhiking here worth it. Before the club was played, when uh, Barney dons the uh, Seattle Steve Shapers cap, I was watching it last night. I thought it said Seattle Steve Shapers cap. <laughs> What's a Steve Shaper? Oh, you know, just something that shapes me. I also like that the ongoing bit in this episode with all the sports that are on TV are just Mo and Barney always watching them at the bar. I think it's a great, mm-hmm. uh, great bit they're doing. And Dan Patrick, very fun. Cameo? It's not a cameo, this is an actual role. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fun. Um, I like the uh, joke about uh, Homer using the same equipment as a pros. <laughs> a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting note, he left his widow nothing. <laughs> uh, fun and lines. like, there's there's so many things in this, like, you think they're making fun of, of all these silly sports, but these are all real sports. Although I, I'm not sure about the rock skipping, but it probably is. 
as Steve is looking up, uh, is rock skipping an official thing? Um, we'll go to the other side of the lake where Bart is seen reeling the skipping rock that Homer used, which of course is connected to a fishing pole. Uh, so Homer uses a red wagon to carry his winnings, a trophy, a giant check for $100, and a <laughs> camouflage recliner. I can barely see that uh, recliner because it's camouflage. <laughs> he explained why he does it. It's for the cheater's high. You can feel the scam of pulsing in your blood, like storting lotto scratcher duster, being elected king of hamburger planet. <laughs> Bart tells his father how much he enjoys cheating with him, and then we hear the cheater's anthem. You know, Dad, all the times I cheated on stuff before, school tests, COVID tests, I always felt kind of bad about it. But cheating with you feels so right. Can we do it one more time? Son, we're never going to stop doing it. Come on, let's get our cheat on, baby. No need to follow rules. Cup with Sprite. Say you're in the army to pre-board your flight. Fake a corporate tweet. Sell a stock short. Take your pig to work. There's emotional support. We're a two-man scheme of crew. Cheating's our father-son glue. Honestly, with honesty, we never got along. I raised you right by teaching you wrong. Get a doctor's note for more time on. SAT, write your term paper with Chat GPT. Yeah. This song that we listen to, is this like Alanis Borset's ironic where some things are not actually cheating? A little bit. <laughs> like how yeah. ironic ironic is not a song about irony. Which therein lies um, the irony of the song. Like, you know, the beginning was like order water but fill your cup with sprite. That's not cheating, that's like stealing. Like but we were cheating we, we were company out of booze or out of spray uh, like when we were kids we would go to taco bell and say oh can we just get a cup of water you know for the fountain that was give you a cup of free but then we filled it. we literally filled it with spray mm-hmm. so i should feel bad that i'm cheating uh yum brands out of 69 cents that i owed them back in 1996 did you steal a million sprites 69 cents it's not even that it's like barely two cents i would say so, back so- then it was like 69 cents yeah yeah, for consumers. Yeah, right. Steve, would you three? Would you three D print Sprite? Hell yeah, I would. <laughs> I mean, would you download a Sprite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that'd be great. All that lemon lime <laughs> flavor in front of my printer, awesome. <laughs> I mean, they're making three D printer uh, for like fake meat, and they've already done it. So yeah, eventually we could three D print our own our own meat. That. Why didn't Lewis and Clark have a 3D printer? It would be so much easier for them. True. <laughs> I love how at the beginning of that clip, Bart saying he cheated on COVID tests was very funny. You know, I know we were we're stuck with COVID. Like it's it's a thing. We're, we're we have it for the rest of our foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. And I remember when like you know you'd hear Hollywood writers and they talk about you know during the COVID like oh no we'll never bring this up in in our stories but you kind of have to and I'm glad that they mentioned it. It's necessary because it's part of a world now. Exactly. It's just a reality. And like, it's going to be like kind of like the flu every year where it's just a thing that we deal with. And yeah, there's no need to avoid it because it's just truth. So yeah, I, I am glad that they referenced it too. So Bart, you know, could have been responsible for some someone's death, if not multiple <laughs> deaths, because he, he said he didn't have COVID and surely did. 
Or did he cheat and say that he had COVID so he could get out of school? Oh, see, that's interesting because my brain went with he had COVID but said he was fine. And your brain said he was actually fine but said he was sick. That makes more sense because when you're a kid and you don't want to go to school because, you know, there's bullies, which is the reason Mm -hmm. why I never wanted to go. And so you tried to fake sickness or you had like a test or you had a do a paper that you never did or you didn't do homework the night before. Right, right. That was that was the majority. So like when you were a kid, I I was I'm trying to think when we're watching this for you know topic of this podcast of times I've cheated. And mostly I think you kind of cheat as a kid because an adult, what are you doing? You know? Like what what yeah. besides like cheating on taxes or like what's an adult way of cheating? Yeah, like uh. you're not professional sports players. I, okay, I mean, besides was, uh, mar- marital, yes, yes, I understand. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, adultery. That cheat, that's but, a big, adultery is a big one. But I don't think, one, you and I, we, we're too, we'd be too chicken shit to cheat on our significant others, and two, we, we'd feel really bad. <laughs> like, exactly, yeah. It's not a fun thing. And and three, no one would want to be with us. Like, why are we with our significant, like, you know, yeah. not putting we our significant others down, but, yeah. We already tricked two women, why, why go for... <laughs> We can't Wait. risk this, guys. Yeah, can't press our luck. <laughs> okay, besides the adultery, which obviously... That is the big one for adults, right? Yeah, that's why they call it adultery. And cheating. Okay. Hmm. Like, you know, you're not at, like, uh, your job. Like, I cheated on my whatever job. Like, you you, you know, it'd be like, oh, man, I don't know how to make this this coffee drink. I'm just going to watch the person <laughs> next to me make it. And then, uh, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah. Uh, All right, game shows. Game shows. Well, we will never get to be on a game show, unfortunately. And we never say never. You never know. It's true. Yeah. Do you remember any specific things as a, as a kid, like cheating on a test? or? I do remember cheating on a test. I remember getting like the teacher's answers from the book and copying them down on a piece of paper and then somehow sneaking that piece of paper into the test. And um, I do also remember that at my local Kroger at the time, there was a gumball machine that was messed up. So you could just turn the handle and it'd give you a free gumball. And I guess it's not exactly cheating. It's more stealing. But I got a lot of gumballs out of that. It's much like the uh, the song where sometimes just, you know, not doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I remember that time you were cheating. Steve, that was during a sex ad. Oh, yeah. You're like, I don't know what the, I don't know what the penis or vagina is. <laughs> That was a uh, 12th grade health class, too. <laughs> really weird. Blank comes out of my penis? Uh, chocolate? I don't know. Well, I I mean, I specifically remember being really bad at math. Always bad at math, but always like sitting next to uh, people that are really good at math. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of times I'd be like, eh. but the problem is like then I'd have to actually learn it because, it's, you know, because you have to like show your work. Yeah. It's kind of hard because you can't. Okay. What do you do with this? So that was... That was mostly it, and uh, and, you know, at the point like it was so bad, and like, well, you got all the answers right, Craig, but you didn't show your work, so you're still getting an F. (laughs) Damn it! Or you would, you, I would like look and see what they did, and try to figure out what they did, like to show work. (laughs) There was there was times where I get the answer right, but then like the teacher like would like, um, yeah, the way you got this answer makes no sense at all. And then sometimes like the time you spent trying to recreate the work that you didn't do. Takes more time than actually like learning it. So I remember doing that sometimes. Yeah, and that's the point. Is uh, you know they say it's cliche, but uh, you're only cheating yourself by not learning 
the uh, the lesson. That's right. And thus, you've learned your lesson, everyone. Don't cheat. Ah, uh, yeah. So while that song plays, Homer attends the cornhole tournament sponsored by Cornhub, as well as Gordy's Cornhole Gloves, where fashion meets physics, and by Krusty Burger, home of throwing things up. Uh, Homer wins a tractor, a generator, and some firewood, thanks to Bart placing a drone inside of the winning beanbag. Uh, next up is the Frisbee Open Disc Championship, sponsored by Frisbee Wax, as used by Ken Klebo, the Tiger Woods of the sport. And just for an update, Cornhole, definitely a real sport that's on ESPN. Uh, disc Golf, also a real sport, and Ken Klebo is a real person. And while not uh, a sport that is on ESPN that I know of, there is a championship rock skipping, and the winner is Kurt Steiner of Pennsylvania, who skipped a stone 88 times, says that's the world championship. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he must get laid a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got probably good in the be- in good with his hands, too, because he can flick that wrist really well. I've heard of swiping right on Tinder, but everyone skips right on him on Tinder. Hey. Okay. <laughs> um... So Homer throws his frisbee and it goes right in the net, thanks to Bart using a leaf blower to push it in. Uh, snake Jailbird throws next, but Bart whistles at Santa's little helper, and he catches the snake snake's disc in the air. So Homer wins the green jacket, two big green egg meat smokers, and a wheelbarrow full of raw meat, which likely would have eaten on the Oregon Trail. Also reminds me of the green egg. They did that whole episode of Smoking Meat with uh, Edward James almost doing the voice. I don't remember the episode title, but that was an episode. That's right. Um, don't you think uh, Snake Jailbird would have got another throw because interference from Santa's little helper? Yeah, you would think that dog would be a, a plan in Frisbee <laughs> sports. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to look at the rules of uh, dogs and sports in Air Bud 5 when he was uh, on base a baseball team. Yeah. I wonder if there's one where he plays uh, Frisbee golf. There's nothing in the rule. Oh, there it is. Third page. <laughs> Clearly, it's in the real book. Uh, once we have our Patreon podcast, we will cover all the Airbud movies. Okay. Um, Homer and Bart's uh, cheating continues at poker tournament sponsored by Skylar Tablefelt. Not just green anymore. Gordy's poker glove, grip it and flip it, and Krusty Burger, which is pretty much food. <laughs> I love all the uh, Krusty Burger burger jabs in this episode. Mm-hmm. Homer faces Herbert, who seems to have one good hand. Get it, guys? <laughs> okay. And he goes all in. Above Herman's shoulder, Bart watches with binoculars using a butt buzzer, rectal massager, to inform Homer's prostate of Herman's hand. And uh, the result in Homer winning a camouflage grandfather clock and a set of his and hers jukeboxes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, camouflage prize of everything. Yeah, yeah. The uh, butt buzzer, though, that's that's a reference to uh, that uh, that uh, chess scandal, right? Yeah, um, in which Hans Niemann was accused of using uh, vibrating ale beads inside of himself to have somebody cheat for him um, while playing chess, which is funny to me. That's how I'm supposed to use anal beads for cheating? I mean, I specifically don't cheat if I'm using anal beads, because... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that was the whole. Um, that was the whole. Like uh, they, like this guy's a new chess player. Like wasn't ranked that high, but all of a sudden it was just beating uh, everyone. I, I think we even talked about this on the podcast. When uh, who's the who's the Tiger Woods of chess? Who's the Babe Ruth? What's his name? Uh, Bobby Fischer. Because he was a voice on The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. Uh, Magnus, Magnus, uh, come loudy. <laughs> Magnus Carlson. Magnus Carlson. There it right? is. Yeah. 
yeah, when he was he did a voice on The Simpsons a while back, and I think we even this kind of that whole story broke around that same time. So, because he was even like, uh, yeah, no one could be like beat me. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Something's up with this guy. So then, yeah, good old anal beads. <laughs> good old anal beads. As the uh, song goes on to mention losing an election and calling it unfair, <clears throat> uh, not a political podcast, uh, Homer participates in a face-slapping championship, which is also a very real thing. Uh, and the ring on that they, they're having the tournament on says, what have we become? And so at the uh, <laughs> final slap, Bart applies numbing spray to Homer's cheek, and Homer receives a slap worthy of Chris Rock, and the M hair on his head falls off, but he takes it like a champ, breaking the hand of his opponent. You know how uh, we have joke jail on this podcast? <laughs> of like, yeah, the jokes that Simpsons do all the time. I'm, I'm actually throwing you in joke jail, right? Oh, no. Can we not do the Chris Rock, Will Smith slap jokes anymore? They're not. They're tired. But if they don't, they don't, as the, the kids would say, they don't slap. <laughs> Fine. I'll just talk about All right. the Cat we Williams were, interview. We were so good for a whole year, never bringing up the Chris Rock, Will Smith slap on this podcast. I know. It's, and then I think like after a year broke, I said we were allowed to do it. But now, I'm, 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 nah, we don't need it. That's fair. I get it. Okay. I'll keep that motherfucking joke out of my motherfucking mouth. All right. Thank you. Uh, the bit with the M falling off his head was, was great, though. Yeah. So in the backyard, uh, Homer and Bart drink a Duff beer and a Buzz Cola. I'll let you figure out who's drinking what. Um, respectfully from their number one trophies. And Homer finally understands why some dudes become dads on purpose. <laughs> this has been the best week of his life. And Bart feels the same. And his life is into Barf NATO like his father's. And as they celebrate their winnings, Marge becomes skeptical. Do you think it's a little strange that your dad is suddenly winning all these contests and giant prizes? Yeah, I've noticed the same thing. I guess I just assumed that sports in America were getting much, much easier. Hey, honey, do you want this lady's ghillie suit I won at the tobacco spitting competition? Homer, we need to talk. I like when we talk. I don't like when we need to talk. You're sure running a lot of activities you've never even tried before. I'm sorry to ask this, but are you cheating? Oh, I can't lie to you. Wait, that's a lie. I can lie and I have, but I'm not going to now. I am cheating, but not for prizes or glory. Me and Bart are cheating together as a team. It's our father-son thing. Oh, can't you do something else with Bart? Like coach a soccer team? Soccer? You mean bribing refs? Where's the challenge? That's not the kind of cheating that brings a dad and his son closer. We have this special bond like LeVar and Lonzo Ball or Cecil and Prince Fielder before they became estranged. I think it's kind of sweet that Homer likes to cheat just because he likes the time spent with Bart. Yeah, at one point, is it harmful, Steve? <laughs> yeah. You know, Marge is always, you know, nagging about spending time with the kids, and here he is. Sure, it, it might hurt some people, but they're not killing anyone. No. I take it back, Steve. Uh, everyone, cheat. Cheat all you want, <laughs> as long as you're not uh, killing anyone. I guess, or hurting anyone. Yeah. No hurting, no killing. Cheat on big business. Mm-hmm. Cheat on uh, the the rich, the millionaires, the billionaires. And, uh, yeah. And- Go on Shark Tank. And cheat at Battleship because it's a dumb game. Oh, you're right. That's what I used to cheat on a lot is games. Yeah. Like, as a kid, like, uh, Heads Up, Seven Up. Oh, yeah. 
myself and another person like do the picking. Like I was like, okay, here's what you're going to do. I'm going to, cause, cause the way you would cheat is you would also put your head under the table, but then you would look to see the shoes. Mm-hmm. So you're cheating twice. So this is a way to catch the cheaters. And it, it always worked is I'd always see the person that had their head on the table that was looking down so they could see the shoes. I would always go in front and say, okay, I'm going to stand in front of that person. They see my shoes and then I'm going to pretend I tap their thumb, but there'd be someone behind them that taps a thumb. So then they get up like, oh, Craig did. I'm like, nope, it was <laughs> Bob over there because you were cheating. And so were we. You know, like on TV shows where they're like, people are like soft whispering to each other, even though like someone's like five feet away that could hear the entire conversation. <laughs> I would do that too. I would go with my friend like, I'm going to get Susie. And the person's like, okay, you do that. And then, of course, and Susie's like, oh, Craig, because I heard him say it softly. But no, <laughs> sorry, it wasn't me, Susie. So there you go. Cheat the cheater. That's our lesson. That's the lesson I've learned so far. There you go. That's smart. Yeah, cheat the cheater. All right. Well, Marge tells Homer that cheating is wrong. Sorry, Marge. I think it's right. <laughs> and that uh, he should just find another way to bond with Bard, just like being a good dad. So Homer asks, uh, where's the jet ski in that? <laughs> and then Marge scowls in anger. And Homer reminds Marge that she always wants her kids to succeed and maybe not cheating is cheating them. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, hmm. It's a deep plot. Uh, but in the living room, Lisa's at her lap by Jack Handy. <laughs> in the living room, Lisa's at her laptop, repeatedly refreshing the website of universityofspringfield.org. Not a website yet, but available for purchase. Hoping to get the results of her admission submission. After several refreshes, she gets a spinning rainbow wheel, and then nothing. Suddenly, the doorbell rings. Lisa Simpson, I'm here from the University of Springfield camp, and I'm very excited to tell you that you've been accepted into our summer program. I got in? That's amazing! Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you! It's so classy that you came to tell everybody in person. As the rowing coach, I'd like to personally welcome all the incoming members of our camp rowing team. What? Rowing? Your application photos were amazing. You could row anywhere in the shell. Stroke, bow, powerhouse. Uh, what? What? See you at camp. Here's your Henley. Uh, you Lee's acting. Great. Uh, uh, what? What? <laughs> so good. Took me a while, I'll admit, to see what they're parodying on this <laughs> podcast and like once the, this scene happened i'm like oh yeah the felicity huffman Lori laughlin okay i get it now oh usc i get it now. i'm i'm dumb it took me it took me 12 minutes to figure it out the b story me too but then i was like oh wow there's just a lot of cheating in the world that's happening because like the whole <laughs> yeah. butt chest thing and like this and like oh cheating's just and there's more references too that like we just live in an yeah. openly dishonest world and it's kind of a bummer yeah. <laughs> and we're just now figuring that out. I know. Thanks, Simpsons. Uh, my innocence this is gone. what you win Emmys for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so confused, Lisa checks the application she submitted on her laptop, and she finds a photo of a woman rowing with her face poorly photoshopped over the rowers. And then she scrolls down to find her face leading a rowing crew. Picture after picture shows Lisa row, 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 row her boat gently down a stream. <laughs> Someone put doctor photos Onto her application, and she knows who. I think, as the audience members, we of course know who. It's say it with me: three, two, one. Gil Wiggum. Oh, oh, that's Chief Wiggum. You think it's Gil? Yeah, good old Gil. All right, uh, so let's find out, Steve. Alrighty. So Homer's competing 
in the Springfield Axe Games, which has a familiar set of sponsors, such <laughs> as Krusty Burger introducing Axe Kill Chicken. You can taste the trauma. McFadden's Mortuary, because sometimes the axe slips. <laughs> and Gordy's Axe Gloves with <laughs> rapid release technology. Uh, oh, the signage uh, gags uh, A plus in this episode. Totally. Um, so Homer's about to throw his axe, but is confronted by Lisa, who is standing right in his throwing way, who shows Homer a doctored photo of her rowing, uh, shouting that he cheated for her. Homer denies it, and Marge arrives on the scene, wanting to know what's wrong. After Lisa explains what had she thinks happened, Bart asks why he would help her and anybody cheat at somebody who's already good at things. He then tells his sister, shut up, and Homer is c competing to win an electric truck that was converted back to gas. We then see a Cybertruck-like vehicle uh, spewing smoke. Lisa then calls out her father, and the others, uh, other competitors drop their axes in shock. You've already cheated at every dumb sport in the world. I bet you're cheating at this dumb sport right now! <gasps> oh, my foot. Lisa, shh. A lot of these axe throwers have guns in their cars. What are you afraid of? That they'll see this? <laughs> Magnet. If you was cheating at this, I bet you cheated at all them other events you surprisingly and illogically won. We were robbed of our prices and our dignity. Get up! Stay back, I'm a champion axe thrower! Oh, my stump! You know, Steve, it's about showing, not telling. I wanted to see Hans get his, uh, Wigs chopped off and the axe going into his stump. I know, it'd be funny. Um, that, jo uh, that joke about, um, careful, these axe-wielding maniacs might have guns in their cars. It's a very funny joke to me. <laughs> really good. So, as the mob closes in on The Simpsons, Homer swears he didn't cheat. Bart then whispers to him to get on the ATVs. They won by cheating. While getting away, Homer laughs, saying that it looks like the mob got cheated. Out of their revenge... <laughs> So the angry crew of people then visit the valet to retrieve the cars, waiting for, you know, in lines, very funny, patiently. That's nice. Uh, Homer, Marge, and the kids hide behind the billboard for Woke Spit Tofu Chow, which has the slogan, we don't know who our customer is. <laughs> uh, so after they evade the mob, Lisa tells Homer that not only is she still mad, but while they're escaping, she got even more mad. It's called multitasking and was one of the legitimate skills on her application. Homer swears he didn't mess with her application. Cheater's honor. Lisa then wonders who did, and the answer shocks her. Oh, really? Well, if you didn't, then who uploaded all those fake photos of me rowing so I could get into camp? I did. You? You? No, no, it must have been me. No, it was me. But Marge, you're you. You're sweet, pure, incorruptible. <gasps> Dad! We ruin mom! No! No! What have I done? Other than everything I know that I did! Yes, I cheated, and you showed me how to do it, but not to win a beef jerky dehydrator or Harley Davidson beard shampoo. If you want your kids to succeed, then not cheating is cheating them. Mom, 
You also cheated me out of the chance to get in on my own merits. What? It was Marge all this time? Whoa. Uh, this uh, episode, by the way, uh, Julie Kavner couldn't record her own voice, so they got uh, Felicity Huffman to record Marge's <laughs> lines. But they just said it was Julie, thereby cheating. Yeah. Because <laughs> really it was Lori Laughlin. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Becky. And Becky. <laughs> Uncle Becky. Oh, this Fuller House reboot is a lot more interesting. <laughs> Candace Cameron hates it. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, Lisa says that she worked hard cleaning up the beach, teaching old people how to email. She was working with 72-point font, which is, I think, Steve's preferred font <laughs> size. Um, Homer, Homer and Bart think that it's all their fault, and they feel awful about it. They vow to never bond again and share one final hug before swearing to never hug again. Aw. Uh, just then, Cletus and the other Axlers find the family... Thanks to Homer's guilt vomiting, which hearing it on the sound clip is very gross. Like when you're just watching it, you just kind of forget about it. But when we're just listening to it, it's like, ugh. Uh, Homer tells Cletus to right. cleave his skull and he doesn't deserve to live after corrupting the only decent person that he's ever known, that being Marge. Uh, Cletus relents, saying that he just wanted to rough them up a little bit. And Brandine supposes that she could kill him, though there's probably a waiver to fill out. And so Homer's potential murder is interrupted by several strong men who demand that the Simpsons go with them. The men throw the family in, a, in the van and drive off. Cletus wonders aloud if the mob will all stay friends after all of this, or just drift apart. <laughs> and then there's an awkward silence, which uh, gives Cletus his answer. Uh, poor Cletus. So the van drives to the campus of University of Springfield, the camp that Lisa wanted to attend. She's worried that she's going to be reprimanded for the fake application. When she meets the dean of campers, she's surprised by his demeanor. Welcome, Simpsons! I hope you don't mind that I had the University of Springfield football team bring you here. Um, I want to apologize for being party to a false application. My mother and I need to have the talk about honesty. Lisa, don't be mad at your mother. It may surprise you to learn that this institution has a proud tradition of embracing cheating. After all, this is University of Springfield Camp, USC. You're okay with me cheating? Say it isn't so, Dean Belichick. You think your application was the only one with embellishments? Look at these. This 10-year-old claims she performs open-heart surgery. This 12-year-old said it was her idea to use big fat straws for boba tea. And you know what? <laughs> we let them all in. <gasps> but I want to live an ethical life. This is the world we live in. Taxpayers hide money from the IRS. Dating profiles are nothing but lies. And right now, the Houston Astros are dreaming up ways to cheat that would blow your mind. So that is uh, State alum, star of Wet Hot American Summer and Party Down, Ken Reno, generally funny guy, playing Dean Belichick. Of course, Belichick being a reference to <laughs> the Patriots and in Flategate. God, dropping so many cheap things, you know, the Houston Astros... <laughs> This is the uh, Cheaters episode. Yeah. But oddly enough, the TV show Cheaters, not referenced once. It's true. Poor host of Cheaters. I want to say Richard Greco, but that's not. <laughs> Joey Greco. That, yeah. yeah. I just love that University of Springfield summer camp. You would see like, <laughs> uh, so dumb, but so funny. Like, and the fact that I'm just dumb and didn't figure it out. Neither did I. And like when they just like, oh, that's really funny. So, <laughs> yeah. So the manner in which the Astros are planning to cheat is using Terminator-like cyborgs. And so the dean tells Lisa that USC embraces cheating and prepares students for life 
the way it really is, not the way that some would like it to be. He then offers Lisa the Lance Armstrong Summer Scholarship, complete with a cheat-strong bracelet. Uh, Lisa asks herself if she's risking everything she believes in by refusing to do something that she doesn't believe in. And then Lisa makes her choice. I choose honesty. I'm proud of you, honey. Yep. Walking out the door, leaving this room on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> Walking out. Here I go. Principal's powering my feet. Would you like me to give you a little push? Would you? <sighs> Let the rowing coach know we're sorry she was lied to. <laughs> I think she may be used to it. Homer, a moment. I've been following your incredible streak of dishonesty. <laughs> Very impressive. So much so, I'd like to offer you a position as a professor in our Faculty of Cheating Studies. What do you say? Will you shape the minds of tomorrow's white-collar criminals? No. For once I learned something at college. A lesson. Again, like, also bringing up the uh, Lance Armstrong bracelets, like... If they can't talk about the more current stuff of cheating, like we all probably forgot about Lance Armstrong's cheating bike career, right? Mm -hmm. But no, I'm, I'm I'm glad they brought that up because you forget about that. Like for a time, Lance Armstrong was just you know he was someone to look up to, but no, I'm not. He cheated too. I remember was it like <sighs> high school time for us when like everybody wore those Livestrong bracelets? Was that later? I just remember wherever we were. Oh, like, we were in our twenties. Yeah, early twenties. But like people would wear them all the time. As like, yeah. you know, I'm doing a good thing because I'm supporting a person who has cancer, one of the most curable kinds of cancer, but right. cancer nonetheless. And uh, yeah, so it's just funny that like he was this iconic hero who was actually cheating. Yeah. Look, we we grew up in the 90s when our heroes weren't deplorable like like newer generations. You know, we looked up to Bill Clinton, um, <laughs> Bill Cosby, uh, Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> O.J. Simpson, Kevin Spacey, O.J. Simpson. We had we had strong moral figures. That's right. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, Homer tells Dean Belichick that cheating almost ruined his wife, who is uh, all the goodness you can stuff inside a green dress. So Homer once again vows to never cheat again, except on diets. All right, that's another thing we, you're allowed to cheat on. Mm -hmm. Forgot cheat on your diet. So later on the docks, uh, Homer tries to show Lisa how to skip rocks, but fails. And the family then notices that Bart isn't around. It turns out that he has an appointment from 7 to 9 at the uh, Jim Harbor Center. Steve, uh, who's Jim Harbor? He is a Harbar. Uh, football coach and former quarterback who uh, had some controversy of his own for uh, cheating. Oh, okay. Well, Steve, uh, inside that lecture hall, Bart tells the students to... Uh, look to the left and then look to the right. <laughs> Those are the people they'll be cheating off of in his class. Enter to cheating 101. And that's how uh, the episode ends. So uh, maybe this, uh, I know I know this episode came after War and Priest Part 2, but maybe that's where Bart was during the events of War and Priest Part 2 from last week's episode. He was uh, just teaching his course. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. All right. Steve, I think uh, we need to take a little break, come on back, and uh, discuss the episode. Sounds great. All right, we'll be right back. And we're back. All right, Steve, let's wrap up this week's episode. Do the wrong thing. 
We'll talk about some of our favorite jokes, scenes, maybe give a most valuable jokester, MBJ, to a cast member or character. Then we'll give it a nice little review, find out what we're watching next week. But before we do all of that, Steve, we like to give a gift. I know gift season is over, but uh, there's still some gifts in the trunk. And uh, wow, I could probably cheated you out on so many things in this episode. But we learned that uh, cheating might not be the best thing, or maybe might be the best thing. So my gift has nothing to do with cheating, Steve. I figure um, you need to have a title in your life, something to be proud about. That's why I hereby dub you King of Hamburger Planet. Oh, wow. That's a great honor and a great title, and I'll happily fill that position with respect deserves, even with pickles. Um, that's, that's great, Craig. I really appreciate that. And uh, I get you two gifts. Uh, one, because I know that you uh, find Cook, but you feel some shame. So I got you a happy hood so you can cover up anything that you're chopping up, be it fish, meat, children, whatever. But also, I know that you're a sports fan. I got you a jersey and t-shirt from the Seattle Stave Shapers. So that way, when you go to the barrel scraping games, you can uh, wear your gear and pride. This is a Seattle Steve Shapers. Oh, yeah. That's another thing I'm working on. Okay. And uh, the uh, Happy Hood, Steve. Uh, it doesn't really look like the one from The Simpsons. It's, just, it's white and uh, has two eyes for two slits for eyes. And uh, and then there's like a robe you gave with me that's also white with like a red cross on it. What's this about? Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I wanted to save some money. So I just dug through my dad's old stuff. And he had a box called Good Times. Oh, Jesus. Ugh. <laughs> All right, Steve, uh, hey, anything fun for this episode that you go, ha, 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 favorite joke, jokester, MBJ, scenes? So I do have to give it up to um, the sign makers at all in the sponsorships. Uh, the runner of Gordy's Gloves was really fun, all the Krusty Burger jokes, and the physicality of Homer receiving the, the medal, and a couple of little things like that, really good, but... Um, I think for MBJ, this might sound a little um, a little hokey or maybe even a little fishy, but I'm going to give it to Kent Brockman for his uh, fish puns up top. I think it was a great way to start the episode, and it set for a nice precedent that this is going to be a goofy, fun episode, and this is a great way to start it off, and it kind of didn't let up from there. So I'm going to give it to him. What about you, Craig? Yeah, interesting choice. I think, uh, I think you're right about the Kent Brockman. Very fun stuff. Yardley's voice acting when the rowing coach came over was really funny to me. I love the uh, Mo and Barney runner. And of course, like you said, the sign gag was, was pretty great. Uh, and then shout out to Dan Patrick. Oh, yeah. And Ken Marino. The whole episode, too, knowing Ken Marino is going to be a voice because I'm a huge uh, Ken Marino fan. I'm like, when's he going to show up? <laughs> when is Ken Marino going to show up? And literally the last like two minutes of the episode, there he is. Great job. So, uh, you know what? Screw it. I ain't giving it to Ken Marino. Nice. Just because the way he was playing that Dean, just like so like swarthy and just such a that douchebaggy type of character. So mm -hmm. he does that so well. Uh, I'll give it to him for that. Uh, favorite scene. I mean, the montage of all the, the sports was great because they're all actual sports. Like the slapping the face. That's a real thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like that side, like, what have we become? Like, yeah, what have we become as a society? It's like. This episode is just kind of questioning what's up with America. <laughs> and so with that, Steve, what did you think about this episode? Oh, well, Craig, it's very interesting because, you know, there's like certain episodes where we talk about, you know, it being too inside baseball, too much about like 
pop culture or like the coastal elites. And this one feels very caught in middle America, like the way that people are winning, like the egg smokers and like the trucker hat network. It's kind of a bit more blue collar. And I think that's interesting because this is America also. And I think it captured it well while still being like earnest. And it is kind of shameful how much cheating is prevalent in our society. I think this takes an interesting look at it. And it's funny because like, if I were to read a premise of this episode, I don't think I would be too excited about it because it doesn't seem like something that would appeal to me. But it was a really fun episode and I liked it. So all in all, I'm going to say this is a win for me. It's been kind of an interesting season thus far. A little uneven, a little hit or miss. But I think this one's I think this one's good. I'm going to say that, uh, you know, they went to the uh, Live Pickleball Tournament in Riyadh and it was 110 degrees. So I'm going to give this a 95 out of 110. What do you think, Craig? No, I agree. I had a great time with this episode. Hopefully, it 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 will continue to be a great episode like ten years from now. I know it's like very much in the zeitgeist mm-hmm. of now times because there's a lot of pop culture references that are kind of like the Houston Astros or even the Lance Armstrong that might be a little too, you know, in, in 10, 15 years, kids won't know what that means. Even I forgot about the Lance Armstrong, and that was only a few years ago. It's interesting that this episode is the first episode produced production order for season 35 because if you look at the new code this 35 abf01 yeah and i think this episode is a strong would have been a strong season premiere i'm surprised that this wasn't season premiere now this episode aired on christmas eve and we actually didn't have a chance to review it during that time period because it was christmas and uh you know us uh, liberal elites uh, <laughs> take the holiday season off you know even though we're trying we're trying to Destroy Christmas, we still take it off, <laughs> um, as the liberals do. So if we actually did review this and talked about it on Christmas Day, I probably would be like, this has nothing to do with Christmas, you know, Yeah, in my mindset. So I'm glad that, you know, seasons are over and, and, and this this even has that strongly summer, because Lisa's trying to get a summer cap. This reminds me of a great, could have been a great season opener or season finale episode. I agree. Uh, but, but we're in a new year and this is a nice fresh start. Like, it's almost like, yeah. Let's get back to Simpsons land. And I really wish this episode didn't air the way it did. I'm why do they put this on Christmas Eve? I don't, I don't, you know, yeah. I know people, most people don't watch live anymore, but I do. Um, I didn't though. I, I waited till <laughs> our record time to, to watch this episode. I had a lot of fun with this. It was great. Look, if I have to, uh, give it a ranking, uh, we mentioned the TV show cheaters, <laughs> uh, which I don't know if it's still production, but according to Wikipedia, oh, it's, it ran from October 2nd of 2000 to May 17th of 2021. Wow. 21 seasons. Jesus. Yeah. It took some breaks here and there, but according to, it was the longest running show from 2002 to mid-2012. A lot of cheaters out there. So <laughs> uh, if I give this a ranking of 21, I'll give it uh, 18. Very nice. I would be happy to watch this episode again. So just great animation. Great jokes, visually great, directed well, written well. Yeah, kudos. Well, Steve, we uh, have to watch an episode next week. We got to go back to the Wheel of Random, Steve. We're, we're off from new episodes, even though this is a new episode and we're <laughs> airing it after, you know, it's weird weird for us, but uh, we got to spin the wheel. We haven't spun the wheel in quite some time. It's true. Out of the, uh, the, the annoyed grunt boy closet, we'll mm. pull that wheel out, Steve. So uh, let's find out what we're watching next week. Alrighty, let's uh, give it a spin to see which season we're in. Boop.
Alright, Steve, we have season 19. Season 19. Alrighty, let's give it another spin to see which episode we're watching. Episode 18. Season 19, episode 18. Yeah, Steve, give me a title for this. Oh, uh, boy. Your only clue is May the 4th, 2008 is when it aired. See, may the 4th be with you. Okay. Uh, so May 4th, 2008. Well, Do you want one more hint or two? Okay. Uh, give me two. Your other two hints are it was directed by Chuck Sheets and the other one was written by Daniel Chun. Okay. There's your other hints. Thank you for that. Uh, may the 4th, you say. That reminds me of a certain... A uh, certain, uh, certain franchise. Hmm. I'm gonna say live long and prosper. Uh, because of uh, star star wears exactly, and they do that little volcanian salute. Yeah. I <laughs> know uh, it sounds fun though, Steve. And I think we've seen Hibbert dress up as a Star Trek uh, character, haven't we? I think so. Yeah. Is he like Jordy and uh, yeah, or something like that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Steve. The title, I'll give you the title, and yet we haven't done this in a while. See, I'll give you the title, and you have to tell me what you think the synopsis is now, okay? Okay. So the actual title is Any Given Sundance. Any Given Sundance. Oof. Well, I know that uh, Sundance is a film festival, and Any Given Sunday is a football movie of some kind. So I think we're going to keep with the sports action. And so Lisa joins the football team while Barch becomes a ballet dancer for a film dance. Yeah. It's pretty similar to uh, another episode that's already happened. So uh, I don't think that's actually it at all, Steve. Uh, no. But you are close about the uh, Sundance Film Festival. It's kind of hard not to mention that. But uh, yes, Steve, uh, Lisa makes a warts and all documentary about life with her family. Uh, though the flick is a Sundance success, it turns the Simpsons into national hate figures. Oh. Steve, do you remember this episode? Not at all. Do you? Yeah, I have I have memories of it. Okay. I remember it was May 4th. I had my <laughs> Yoda slippers on and my <laughs> chewy earmuffs on. I think it'd be the other way around, but no. <laughs> Sitting there watching uh, this episode of The Simpsons. But again, don't have much memory of it uh yeah looking forward to it uh it's fun to get uh back on the old track the old the old way that we did this podcast yeah good times but after this episode i am missing i am missing the new simpsons uh emmy award-winning simpsons that's right hopefully they'll get an emmy for this year all right steve well i had a blast i uh, hope you all had a blast too if you guys really want to uh help us out cheat okay tell us the that you love us by uh <laughs> and cheat for us by uh, contacting us on social media like uh, Instagram or Threads uh, or YouTube at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And uh, contact us on voicemail. Go to uh, the podcasting app, scroll down through the show's notes, and click on the leave a voicemail. It tells us uh, how much you've cheated in life. And while you're there, you can leave us a review or uh, the five-star equivalents, but you don't need to write a real review. Just tell us uh, why you think you should be entered into our summer camp. And hey, we got merch at tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys and uh, buy something. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell your lovers, tell the people you're cheating on to listen to this podcast. That's right. For this week, I've been annoyed Grunt Boy Craig. And I've been annoyed Grunt Boy Steve. And remember, you're sweet, pure, incorruptible. If I risk something I believe in by doing something I don't believe in, does that make me a cheater? We started our journey to the Pacific because we heard that it was terrific. We made our first camp when we were all ready. We made our first dinner, meatballs and spaghetti. 